3.3. The Stability of Arenas of Authority and Social Institutions Arenas of authority and social institutions within them need to be relatively stable and not simply reflect other underlying factors if they are to form the basis of a useful approach to understanding political behavior and development outcomes. Communities develop social institutions as they seek to govern themselves, and they do so in response to specific challenges their context raises. Consequently, one of the thorniest issues in the study of authority and institutions is separating their effects from the factors that give rise to them. If social institutions simply reflect existing conditions, then one cannot assess their impact independently from these conditions, that is, address endogeneity issues. However, there is good reason to believe that although arenas and social institutions are neither exogenously determined nor static, they are relatively stable and, over time, may become divorced from their initial purpose. They thus provide useful leverage for research and programming. Evolutionary biologists, cultural anthropologists, economists, and psychologists have argued that norms develop as a mechanism to ensure a group's survival. These may be shaped partly by ecological conditions. For instance, Harry Triandis, a pioneer in cross-cultural psychology, argues that thinly populated areas were more likely to develop individualist cultures. Since, he explains, one can scarcely reject a neighbor if one has only one neighbor, those living in sparsely populated areas came to accept a great deal of diversity. Economic institutions may also influence social institutions. Joseph Henrik and colleagues' masterful study of reciprocity in 15 small communities across 12 countries on five continents found that how much people rely on market exchange in their daily lives and the level of cooperation required for economic production affected the levels of cooperation in lab and the field games. People who were nearly self-sufficient and engaged in small-scale production such as those living on family-based farms in Peru or Bolivia, were much less likely to cooperate. In contrast, Indonesians who relied primarily on large-scale whale fishing, where more than a dozen men may set out in a large canoe to hunt whale, were much more likely to cooperate. These findings are in line with Lauren McLean's study of reciprocity in Ghana and Côte d'Ivoire. She finds that the shift from cocoa to tomato farming expanded the scope of social ties and made relations more diffuse in Ghana, while the failure to make such a shift led to reciprocal relations that were stronger but also more concentrated among a smaller family group in Côte d'Ivoire. Institutions are continually contested and evolving, but they are also sticky. Forces such as urbanization, technological changes, aging populations, and efforts aimed at shaping societies through rules aimed at ending ethnic, sexual, or gender discrimination are all catalysts for change. Nevertheless, institutions outlast the conditions that give rise to them, despite constant pressures. Moreover, the constellation of roles and rules that define social institutions shape the distribution of power. Thus, a change in a single rule that may disrupt the balance of power is often countered by other rules. Ruby Watson illustrates this with regards to inheritance laws. She argues that the change to partible inheritance, or the division of land equally among offspring in the family, led to downward mobility in China but not in Europe because partible inheritance in Europe was coupled with rules that promoted late marriage, close kin marriage, and marriage within class. 
In short, institutions are sticky. More importantly for the purpose here, individuals making decisions, whether to run in elections and whom to support, whether to contribute to community funds, or whom to turn to in resolving disputes, generally make their choices in the context of relatively legible and stable institutions. When they do not, when technological, environmental, medical, or other changes heighten uncertainty, it is possible to consider the range of outcomes they expect, still taking into account their perception of social institutions. Political scientists should be concerned about endogeneity issues, cautioned against attributing causal influence to institutions or assuming that thorny political problems can be solved through redesigning state institutions. However, there is much to be gained by considering arenas of authority and social institutions at any given point in time. To understand decisions and subsequent outcomes from the perspective of everyday people engaged in making choices, the origins of different authority structures are of little consequence. What matters are the communities they belong to, their roles within these communities, the attendant rules and associated rewards, and the extent to which these affect the decision at hand.